Um, I'm Valerie Shrempan, and I'm a features reporter at the Post-Dispatch, and I'm kind of a generalist. I write about anything and everything, and um, I have a particular interest in local history and um, all the, you know, the fun stuff that happens in St. Louis, and a lot of times that crosses over during the month of October. Um, I usually try to write a cemetery story each, each Halloween, even though cemeteries are a year-round deal, and I've done other cemetery-related stories, you know, year-round as well, but there's always something interesting um, in a cemetery or having to do with a cemetery. And I'm Beth O'Malley. I'm an online editor for the Post-Dispatch. And I grew up in St. Louis. I've always been fascinated by St. Louis history. Um, when I was a teenager, we, I grew up near the Lemp Mansion. And when I was a teenager, I was pretty obsessed with the Lemp family, kind of the stories and the, the stories about the mansion itself. And of course, how famously haunted it, it is. Um, I also went to a private school very close to Roosevelt High School. So I had always heard, you know, oh, Roosevelt is haunted. Um, just various stories of it's built over a cemetery and so now it's haunted and uh, teachers won't go in certain rooms or won't go on um, the top floor, which I don't even know if there is like a top floor that's closed off. Right. Um, and so I looked it up after we did the digital archives at newspapers.com. And of course, yeah, Roosevelt, Roosevelt High School in South City was built on a former cemetery. They had tried to clear it out over the years before it was built in the 20s. Um, but even when they were doing construction, they kept finding graves and, and burial, uh, you know, uh, sites, uh, even of a, a union general or captain or officer. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it was cleared out. It used to be old Picker Cemetery, but when they were doing instruction, they were still finding bodies there. Uh, yeah, every so often a story like that creeps up. Like I know, gosh, this happened just south of downtown, kind of like near Soulard, north of Soulard, where they were doing some digging and they found some graves. And then when they um, built the Ikea, too. They, yeah, they found, I can't remember if it was one or two bodies. Yeah, just, it was, I think, the old Colorado Cemetery. Then. Yeah, in uh, yeah. the 18, I think it was 1848 or 1849, there was a cholera epidemic, and that's actually when they built um, Belfontaine up in North City, and Calvary Cemetery came a little bit later for the uh, uh. Catholic Archdiocese. Uh, but my mother and I have, during the pandemic, been walking through Belfontaine, and First of all, it's just a beautiful cemetery. Oh, it is, yeah. Um, but second of all, it, we still find new things there. Uh, different tombstones that are really interesting. Um, of course, you have all the street names <laughs> as you walk Oh, yeah, them. yeah. Like, hey, I know that, or Sublette, or whatever, you know, that neighborhood is, or that founding father. Yeah, is that is that B. Lindell Lindell, or is it right. someone else? Yeah. Right. And then the O'Fallon. It's related. The O'Fallon tombstone, which is, enormous with this giant angel on the top um, and um, William Clark is also buried there with yeah really kind of um, you know you read the quotes that the family picked for the memorial and in, in a modern from a modern perspective they're not the best quotes <laughs> no yeah yeah <laughs> but it is, it is interesting to kind of see um, what is out there, and, and, I don't know, the things that are on tombstones, like I'm just thinking that made me think about, um, I did a story a few years ago on Robert Waldlow, who is the world's tallest man. 
Mm -hmm. And um, when it was like, would have been his 100th birthday. And I went up to Alton and kind of spent like an epic day going around the city of Alton, like just sort of went to the Alton uh, Historical Museum. And then there's a statue of him, but then he's also buried in the cemetery there. And so um, what I'd read about it is his family was so uh, fearful of his body being dug up for medical reasons or for, you know, whatever else that they had him buried in a reinforced concrete tomb but so his grave is not only like kind of very long you can tell like there's no one buried like right at his feet because it sort of extends long but it says like his name and his date of birth and his date of death and it finally it just says at rest which I thought was like really I don't know I just got a chill thinking about that too because he had such a just you know tremendous I don't know, just extraordinary life in terms of just like everybody always sort of like staring at him and he was a spectacle, even though he was a very kind man. And then finally, like in death, he's finally at rest. And yeah. I, I just seemed to be like apply more to him than a lot of people, you know. We were walking through Belfontin and we saw um, there's a, a row of tombstones and one of them is, you know, our beloved mother and then her name and, and description and our beloved sister and the name and description. And then there's one that's slightly taller and it says my favorite sister. Oh. And then the fourth tombstone is um, the last of the family. Oh. So, so I, I, you know, I looked it up and this, this family had several sisters and um, only one of them ever got married and she married a former, um, like safe cracker who had reformed uh -huh. his life after being in prison and the other sisters kind of shunned her after she married and then they, uh, reunited, I think just before they, they had all passed, but it was just this, um, you know, I took a picture of it and I sent it to my two sisters and my mom <laughs> and I were just doubled over laughing. Like, oh yeah. This is how you want people to to see you hundreds of years later. Right, right. You're my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, that reminds me, there is this tombstone in uh, a cemetery in Washington, Missouri, and I've written about it a couple of times. Um, it was included on a cemetery tour they did out there, and then I also included it in a uh, story I had on famous graves, but it was this woman she she died she was unmarried she was kind of known as being like the crabby person in the family and she basically said to the family the family had bought this plot and she was like no one else is going to be buried in that plot i'm going to be buried in that plot and you're going to bury me across the three um you know plots that are left and that's what they did like all the other graves are facing a certain way in the cemetery and this woman it's facing the other way so she takes up three rows <laughs> and i don't know like afraid to like disobey her and say like all right let's ignore you know old aunt so-and-so or you know they thought maybe she'd come back and haunt them or something but she kind of got the last laugh which i think is hilarious so there's this tomb out there or this grave out there that's sort of like sideways yeah. <laughs> and then there are, you know, you walk through and you see these smaller stones with lambs on top or even oh, yeah. little uh, in, uh, statues of infants or children yeah. laying down. Yeah. And those are, are really haunting to see. Yeah. But in Calvary, one family plot has two children who are, has a, um, two tombstones next to each other who are carved 
children sitting in little cribs or maybe oh, a, like yeah. a pram. I remember you showed me that picture. Yeah. So yeah. you walk through the cemetery and suddenly you see, you know, like out of the corner of your eye or in front of you, these, these two children in, in stone. Uh -huh. um, but it is incredibly haunting. You walk up uh -huh. and people have left, you know, um, silk flowers for them. And they're in, in, they're getting to be in pretty bad shape. You know, they're, they're covered in, in a little bit of moss and it's right. being worn away, but it's still really interesting to see how these families had four or five children and, and, you know, half of them died very. Oh yeah. Early. And that was a pretty, pretty common thing for sure. I also noticed too, I don't know much about like symbolism on gravestones, although I know Belfontin specifically does a tour and does seminars on this sort of thing. But um, I've noticed like in cemeteries, the, the graves that are shaped like tree trunks or pieces of wood. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have like a um, insignia on them. And it's, uh, it's a uh, fraternal organization called what is the Woodmen of the World. I looked it up. Yeah. It's something, it's like women of the world or something, but it was like a fraternal group. It was like a club. And so like, once you start looking for these, you see them everywhere too. Yes. Which yeah. I always thought were, were kind of cool, you know? I, so I want to ask you too, so how far back does your family go? Because my husband, he's kind of a history buff and then I like history and then our families go back a few generations here. So like, we're like tootling around town, like going on errands. And then all of a sudden Andy will be like, Oh, we've got people buried here. You know, they'll turn the steering wheel and the kids are in the back. They go, no, you know, they hate it. And, you know, he'll just pull over to the side and like march along and find like a great grandparent's grave or something like that. Like, do, my, do you do that? My, or are there people around town for you? My mother's family is from Buffalo. Okay. Um, and, and she and I are kind of, you know, we can't right now, but next time we go to Buffalo, we're going to try to go through one of the cemeteries where yeah. a lot of her family is buried. And my father's family has been here several generations and has um, several people, my, my grandparents and great grandparents are buried at, um, at Calvary. Yeah. But then we, we also have gone up to the Quincy area where some of the family came from and walked through a cemetery there to try to find uh, gravestones for family members. And that was really interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, we yeah. did that. We did a, um, I did a travel story up and we followed the river road up into Iowa. And my husband had like a great, 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 great someone buried in a cemetery up in um, Dubuque, mm -hmm. Iowa, I believe it was, but it was a very cold morning. And it was a city cemetery kind of in the middle of like, you know, the city. And we, we found them. We kind of trudged around. It was really cold. But, you know, that, that was kind of neat. Yeah. How would they get sort of get spread far and wide? And then I've, my great grandmother is buried in Calvary along with a couple of great aunts and uncles. And, um, <laughs> and this goes back to a story I told you about earlier. I, I went and visited her a couple of years ago. I, she died when I was three and I kind of barely, barely remember her. She had a German accent. I do remember that. She uh -huh. has a little high pitched German accent of a voice. <laughs> But um, so I went up to Calvary, but I was doing a story on like graves of famous St. Louisans. And there's a, you know, a lot of famous people buried in Calvary. And um, one of them is Mickey Carroll, mm -hmm. who was um, a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz. And his real name was Michael, and it was a long Italian last name. And I went to the front office 
and found out the location of his grave and he was actually interred in the mausoleum there in the bigger mausoleum and I went in the mausoleum <laughs> to take a picture of this and like at the end and it's like long marble hallway very echoey kind of, and it was a cold day and kind of cloudy and I hate mausoleums they just give me the creeps and I went up there to photograph the tomb, I finally found it, and there's these bug zappers at the end of the hall. And like every so often, there'd be like a little zzz, and it like echoed throughout the whole thing. <laughs> and I got a picture of it, and there was like a little vase of flowers that had a little Wizard of Oz theme to it, like placed at the bottom, like somebody had put that there. And I, I kind of like hoofed it out of there as respectfully as I could. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then I went to go visit my great grandmother's grave. It was, you know. I calmed down enough to do that. My mother and I went to um, a Jewish cemetery on along Gravoy, uh, New Mount Sinai, and the first owner of the blues was buried there. Oh. And someone had put, um, I think it was an American flag and then a, a Stanley Cup champion pennant on the other side. Oh, neat. And that was really neat to see. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't There's... able to see it, but they still had a, um, a marker for it. And yeah. I've, I'm very impressed, honestly, with Belfontin and other cemeteries that have kind of tours of the people who are buried there. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, um, you know, you, you want, there, there are famous people and, and buried in St. Louis, and it's fascinating mm -hmm. to go and see how they, or their families, wanted them to be remembered with their uh, tombstones and the burial markers. Um, and I know that some people feel that it's a little bit morbid, but to me, it's kind of a fascinating look at um, what people wanted to to spend their money on, to be honest. I mean, these, oh, yeah. some of these yeah. markers are incredibly uh, elaborate. Um, you mm -hmm. go and you look at the Anheuser, I'm sorry, the, the Bush family mausoleum in Belfontin, and it is like a mini cathedral. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. different from any other mausoleum there. And there's an entire row, like, all these millionaires with their mausoleums and the, mm -hmm. the Lemp uh, family mausoleum is there right across from the Wainwright design mausoleum. I'm sorry, the uh, uh, Lewis Sullivan design mausoleum mm -hmm. for the Wainwrights. Yeah. Um, but it's just completely fascinating. And including oh, yeah. the, the, the marker for the Francis family, which is kind of that copper statue where of the woman looking down. Oh yeah, and there's several graves there too. Yeah, there's several yeah. graves there, but it the statue almost stops you in, in your tracks when you're walking through. Right. It is hauntingly beautiful. Yeah, I think I went out when I did this slideshow on famous St. Louisans. I believe Stan Musial and Chuck Berry are buried in the same cemetery out in West County. And Chuck Berry, he, at the time, he wasn't placed in his mausoleum yet. They were kind of finishing it, but the doors were like guitar handles, which oh, I thought was that's, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't, really cool. You don't see mausoleums like modern day ones as much anymore, I don't think. It um, seems like a, a really old-fashioned way to oh, be yeah. buried. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure it costs a lot of money just for the land and just to build it, too, so... Yeah. You see, you see more now. I think a lot more people are, are being cremated, maybe, um, so they don't have quite the same type of uh, marker after they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned you, cremations. So yeah. uh, <laughs> but I did a story, this was last year, and it was like unusual burial sites around the area. And um, I always wondered about that uh, columbarium that's off of Sublette. 
in South St. Louis and it's kind of next to the South Patrol Police Station and kind of next to the St. Louis Psychiatric Rehabilitation Center. And mm-hmm. it was the site of the first cremation in St. Louis. And I believe the first one west of the Mississippi. And it's, they don't, it's still, it's still an operating place. They don't do cremations there anymore. It's the, they do the cremations up at Valhalla, but um, you could still be interred there. And, uh, it, and it's a beautiful, there are a couple buildings there. One is a little bit older than the other. And the older one, it, I think it really needs a lot of renovations and needs some repair. But the one that's a little bit um, newer is still very old. And it's, it's really beautiful on the inside. Again, I'm, a little creepy because I like that feeling of like people in niches all over the place. And yeah, hmm. I loved that story. I thought it was so fascinating, and and to be able to see the photos of the inside of that. Um, yeah, it was, and you can go in. I mean, it still operates too. Um, that same cemetery where that in Washington, Missouri, that had the woman occupying the three graves. They have a columbarium, or no, I guess it's. I get the words mixed up, what's exactly a columbarium, but it's basically a building that holds ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, they are basically, they've declared themselves, if you have unclaimed ashes of people, we will take them and we will catalog them and we will make sure they're in a respectful place. And if you find that your person is here, we will get the paperwork done to make sure you get your person's remains back. And um, Mark Hausman, he's the director of the Historical Society out there. That's kind of a labor of love for him. And mm-hmm. um, he's a good guy. And uh, and I, I think that's, I don't know, there's just something very kind of touching about that sort of thing. And it's sad too, because it's like there's, you know, for, for many reasons, there are so many like unclaimed bodies out there, unclaimed remains. And it's either right. because like, something got lost in translation or the person didn't have a good relationship or with like their, their kids or grandkids, or maybe they didn't have any people to take care of things after they died. So, you know, there's a lot of stories to that too. Like why, why would you not take care of grandma or why would you let that slip, you know? And Right. And yeah. it is, it, it is interesting even walking through Belfontin, um, you know, we've been, taking photos of some grave sites uh, through a, a website where people have requested, I would like a photo of this person from oh, that's my nice. past. And there are so many grave sites that aren't marked. And either, you know, maybe it was intentional. I know that there's at least one grave in Belfontin where uh, the woman who was buried there was kind of a, a notorious lady and she didn't want a tombstone or she did, um, wasn't allowed to have one. I think it was yeah, that she didn't so. want okay. one. Um, but there are other grave sites that maybe used to have tombstones that were then later removed or never even had a tombstone at all. But it is incredible. You know, you walk through and you know that there are people under your feet, but Mm -hmm. there's no marker of anybody being there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I did a story last year is around this time. It was a a retired police officer with St. Louis uh, Metro Police. He was raising money to um, mark the graves of the former police chiefs of mm-hmm. the city because not all of them had been marked for whatever reason. So like as a police officer, he just thought that was maybe 
a good thing to do. That was maybe his duty that he could do, you know? And, right. and I know there's the, the mentality out there just in general of like, well, it's a person's body. It doesn't really mean much. And I get that. But like, like, he's, I mean, everybody's got a story here and everybody lives yeah. a life. And not that I think that like everybody deserves a giant, not deserves, but like everybody necessarily needs a giant, you know, tombstone or marker or whatever. It's still important to preserve those stories. I, um, I remember the director of Valhalla telling me, because he did a um, cemetery tour and it, it's very popular and it sells out and I'm not sure if they're doing it this year, but he said, you know, we may not necessarily have senators or inventors or really famous people, but we believe that like everybody does have a story and they spend a lot of their time throughout the year like digging into the history of a lot of these people and like they might be ordinary people, but they might have, you know, interesting stories or contributions that they made, you know. Definitely. And I love the tombstones where you can see a glimpse of that story. Oh, yeah. Even if it's um, from someone else's perspective. You know, there are tombstones that are marked. Each governor has a very nice metal marker saying when they were governor in their birth oh, yeah, yeah. in addition to the, the family stone. Um, but there was a, a woman who was buried and her husband put this long epitaph on her, her tombstone that was basically um, along the lines of, I love you a lot because you didn't make me rob my employer to keep you in comfort. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it, it's like, what on earth happened in their lives that he thought that was worth literally, you know, preserving in stone um, oh. for, for future visitors to see when they came by. That's funny. Um, and, and you have a lot of tombstones, you know, you go to some cemeteries and it's almost like you can see uh, the the current you know thing to do with the tombstones when we went to St. Peter and Paul cemeteries a lot of the tombstones have images on them like photos of the people. oh yeah they get really high tech it's like this etched glass and they almost look like photos they're they're last. really pretty but and yeah. um you know there there were so many that had them and even at Calvary you know that you see it occasionally but not the way we did at St. Peter and Paul. And it's interesting, you wonder if the family's influenced by, you know, they go to visit family and they notice, oh, they've got their photo. I love that. Let's mm -hmm. do that. And you wonder how much of that is influenced by the the graveyard itself. Right, right. Or yeah. even just like like today in social media, like everybody's got a presence. Everybody wants has a profile picture. Everybody sort of wants to be known. And, you know, there's your final profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. I don't know. Kind of profile picture. Okay, so weird question. Do you know where you're going to be buried or what your plan is? I actually had been thinking about it a lot, like not in a morbid way, but just in yeah. a, this is how other people have done it. How would I do it? And um, Belfontin has an area where they do natural burials. Oh, so yeah. um, you aren't embalmed. You're buried very simply in maybe yeah. a, a wooden casket or even just a shroud, I think. And that um, area is it's kept very uh, natural it's wildflowers uh -huh. and natural flowers and I just thought it seemed so peaceful um, yeah yeah the idea yeah. Of, of returning to to the earth it doesn't really bother me to be honest. right right yeah yeah what about you <laughs> we did paperwork several years ago to donate our bodies to science oh that's and great I think I'm okay with that but again I'm like well you know what I I like recycling, <laughs> so maybe that's the ultimate recycling. I don't know. I mean, I, 
you know, I, I'm, I think I'm fine with it. But again, I'm just like, I say that and I'm like, Mallory, you're going to be dead. So who cares what you think, really, you know? But, you know, you hear, you hear about things. And I think we're in a situation where it's going to be going to the medical school. I just don't want to be like, you know, chopped up, not to be gross, but like chopped up to use to test like bicycle helmets or, or, or elbow braces or something. You hear about stuff like that, you know, but then again, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'm not going to. It doesn't matter. It, it's kind of this odd sense of, you know, you, you go to the cemetery and you look around and you think all of these people yeah. here were once alive and now they're not. And oh. on one hand, it's a very sobering thought. And on the other hand, it's kind of like, um, it, it kind of makes whatever you're going through feel a little bit like, well, you know, <laughs> like it. Well, I'm not here. I'm like, right. well, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that way too. You know, like, okay, everybody else handled St. Louis when it was going through a cholera epidemic. Well, some of these people didn't handle it because they were, you know, but you know, everybody else handled it because and they are the ones who built our city and they're the ones whose names are named after them and um, you know, these are good people who did good things and, you know, I'll, maybe, I'll someday there will be, maybe someday there will be a Han Street or an O'Malley right. Street. <laughs> yeah. I don't and know where we'll Walk by our graves and go, hmm, could that be? <laughs> <laughs> That's O'Malley. I think I know that name. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, hmm. yeah, I think I'll be the person that they Google and they're like, I don't see anything coming up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My daughter said she Googled me the other day, so I guess I'll, I'll live on online too, you know. We'll, we'll live on online. This video. The, the, this video will live on online. People, you know, for future people who see our great marker. Well, thank you everyone for, for joining our, our rambling conversation about St. Yes. Louis. It was fun, yeah. So <laughs> when are we going to go see a cemetery? Are we going to go out and hang out in the cemetery? That's I think so. We'll, we'll wear masks and we'll have to go, um, yeah, go find Mount and, and tell yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>